Welcome to the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King. Man, we got super special guests in the building tonight. This guy don't need no introduction at all, but I gotta introduce him. The one and only DJ Wonder. Yeah, we going down right now, man. Right now. What's good? Not much. I'm sitting here editing video and posting stuff uh, from a radio show as we speak. So, <laughs> in the middle of 15 things. Right, man. Trust me. I already know. I already know, man. It's, it's, it's always work. It's always work, man. But I, I just want to, uh, before we even jump into this, take time out to just um say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule man to come and hang out with us for a little while no problem i, li I like what you did to the place it's real nice in here <laughs> man look I, I definitely definitely appreciate you man this is this is really huge man it's really really huge man you like a big deal and my emails were going crazy as soon as i uh actually went up with it for the first time man and i'm talking about it was going crazy man because uh you know you're a legend man <laughs> man you know what they on a whole nother level that's a whole nother that's a whole nother interview okay <laughs> <laughs> so look man dj wonder man like it's just amazing man so college at dell tech community college is where it all jumped off and kicked off man yeah when i was around nine eight or nine years old i guess it was so dell tech is a community college throughout the state of Delaware. That's where I'm from originally. Um, and they, where I was from in Georgetown, Delaware, which is like the bottom of the state, um, they had summer classes for, for kids, I guess, so they had something to do during the summer. And you could do like computer classes or you could do like baseball or soccer or something, but there happened to be one year a DJing class. And I, I was still, even at that age, I was always into like just beats and like music in general and making like, you know, mixed pause tapes from the radio, and you know what I mean? So I figured it might be something I would be interested in, and that's where I got my first, like, uh, glimpse into the world of DJing. But it was too bad it was, like, a mobile DJ who just did weddings, and he didn't really know that much about the rest of the industry. So basically we learned how to hook up a system when we were when I was, like, eight or nine years old, because that's basically what he did. came and hooked up his mobile system and did weddings and stuff. So I was the youngest in america that's what i'm gonna go with okay <laughs> man i was amazed by that i was like man wow 10 years old i'm like this guy gotta be like some super genius or something like that man <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't care we just wanted to scratch uh records so i, I remember it was a shop of ranks record he had and i was just like going crazy on that and that was my uh intro to uh i guess never stopping from that point on Right. So you so you really um and, and, and that was one thing that I liked about you is like you're really hip hop, man. Like you are really, really hip hop. You're not a biased DJ at all, man. Like you, you you're like into all of the music. And I and I love that. I love that about you, man. You just you always kept it hip hop. You always keep it hip hop. Yeah, I don't know what hip hop means anymore. But, I mean, I, <laughs> everything is so different now from when I started. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, I still love hip-hop music. Um, I still do it every single day of my life. I don't know if I listen to it outside of work, but I still deal with it every single day in one aspect or another, for sure. Right. Now, um, I wanted to ask you, too, like, so... Were you were you into like the um when when you actually got started and really started perfecting your craft, were you doing like um house parties and and different things of that nature? Well, I I took like I don't know if it was like a break. I never really had equipment or anything until maybe I was sixteen. Um, so up until that point, it was still just messing around like with cassettes and stuff like that. Whatever, not really doing anything. Right. But when I got my first turntables. I had already um, been working with them because my school had like a random set of turntables that were just collecting dust and I hooked them up and would mess with them at during lunch periods. And wow. so I kind of acclimated myself to working with like a 
Techniques 1200s, which they had, which I was very fortunate that they had those. Um, then when I finally got my turntables, uh, I, I had to learn, and I started doing basketball games for my high school, not really any parties or anything like that. Um, went to college and started doing college radio, and that seemed that was like what I was more focused on was the radio aspect of DJing. And not until like I started working in radio that I really get into the party side. So right. now I like both both sides of that equally: radio and uh, clubs. Wow. So um, now, I, I, what were some of your influences? Um, when you started to really, really get into it heavy, who were some of the um, DJs that influenced you and, and kind of um, molded your style, or was it a combination of um, of things? Yeah, it was, a, it was a bunch of people, but in Delaware, we really didn't have a lot of uh, options, like that, especially on the radio, the radio stations, unless you went to the top, like the top of the state, went to the big mall in Dover, Delaware, which is where I'm from, and it's like, that's the closest thing you get to Philadelphia, and you might be able to hear like a Philadelphia station, hear like Cosmic Kev or somebody like that. Right. That was always ex exciting to hear if you were there at the time that a mix show was going on. But where I was from, they, were, they played in, it, it was a quote-unquote mix show, it was a bunch of like pre-recorded mixes that were put together, and it just, it sounded like corny to me. Um, so the only other time I would see or hear DJs if somebody would like have mixed tapes that you would get at like the flea market. Right. Or if you had recorded stuff from MTV all the time. So really my first, like, I guess big DJ that I would look up to is Funkmaster Flex because that's who I would see. All I mean, I saw DJ Scribble a lot also, like the grind on MTV, but Funkmaster Flex, when he would um, do like New Year's Eve or any specials they would have and they would let him do his thing for like a 30 seconds before the commercial went out or something like that. I was always excited about that and would rewind it and watch, uh, watch all that. And then as for mixtapes, um, Doo-Wop was always one of my favorites, Tony Touch. Um, and anybody that was like doing blends or like actually scratching, I was interested in that. And that's how, how I kind of like got excited about the whole DJing thing outside of Delaware because there was really nothing going on down there. Right. Right. So, um, when did you ended up packing up and, and, um, and moving? Well, I went to school in Long Island. I wanted to go to NYU for film school, but didn't have a reel. So I didn't get into NYU. So I went to Hofstra University, which is, they had a good film program up there. And that was, I was like 17 years old, you know, out of, out of high school. Right. And, uh, I guess I've been in this area ever since then, 17. So. Definitely more than half my life I've been uh, up here in New York. Wow, man. So was that, I know that was a, um, a big transition going from Delaware to uh, to New York, huh? Yeah, it ruined me. <laughs> I, I, became, I became a sinner. It's bad. Wow. I'm not, not really joking. I'm serious, but... So, um, and I, I mean, and then, you know, back then, you know, the, the music, the music was real, real heavy. Cause I mean, that's like the Mecca. So, um, I mean, I know you've seen, seen a lot and, um, met a lot of, met a lot of interesting people as well. Yeah. That's the reason, I mean, when I wanted to get out of Delaware or whatever, I needed to go to an area that had the music scene was really the most important thing for me, not like a big party school or not like a good football team to go watch games at or whatever. If you're going to college, a lot of people think about that or like, you know, it, it had to be an area that the music was good. And that was the Mecca at the time. Everybody had to go through New York, no matter what area you were from. Right. You could be like, you could be like a down South rapper. You could be Midwest, whatever, but you still had to come to New York, kind of like get acclimated. You had to go to the offices. You had to, go through like a school of A&R coaching and everything else through New York people. So everybody had to come through there. And a lot of people made New York style rap, you know what I mean? Even if they were from another era, era excuse me, area. And uh, I thought that was always interesting too. It was like, um, 
now you just come from wherever you are and you just send a song to SoundCloud and you get signed <laughs> within a month or something like that. So there's no, there's no kind of rites of passage or no kind of like training or anything anymore. So that's what I had to do. I had to, my big thing at the time was like underground hip hop and like raucous records and like most stuff just starting to live quality, all these people. That was what I was like really into. And uh, I wanted to be around that whole uh, scene. So, right. Yeah. Do you think that um do you, you you think that with with the way that um music is transitioned um transition now from from that that time period do you think that um it's for it changed for the better because I mean I know things have to evolve or whatever but coming from that era and seeing um seeing the culture at at that state and time and then into the future where it is right now um like what's what's your what's your take on it right now the space that it's in right now as opposed to the um the past era well i think honestly that this hip-hop the genre of hip-hop is one of the only like genres that has evolved and not really evolved especially lyrically um, Production-wise, I guess it sounds more futuristic now, but it sounds more plastic to me. It doesn't sound like, you know, warm music. I guess it, it, it was the same t- same thing with like transitioning from like Motown era to like the the 80s or 70s into disco, and then to the 80s with synthesizers. Right. And everything started to sound more like computer-based and like electronic and just like cold. You know what I mean? That's right. kind of like what hip hop sounds now, from being warm and analog to being like plastic um and then like i said lyric wise it, i just think it's a it's not as big a deal your lyrics you can bite people you can say whatever you want you can leave reference vocals and uh and songs down and people would still sing along to it and it doesn't really matter people would just go in there one take and say whatever they want nobody thinks about it or writes down songs anymore they're, or they're very few and far between if they do right um as for like evolving as and industry and everything else, I think it's great that everybody has an opportunity to to uh, express themselves and get discovered, whereas you may not have done that before. It was like a lottery before. It was like a one in, I don't know, 10 million chance that you could be become a celebrity or a superstar or whatever in this industry. Right. If you just happen to, if you happen to know somebody or get through, now anybody can just pop off if you have enough fan base behind you or if you become a viral sensation or something like that. Everybody has a chance to do it. But in the bad side of that is that as quick as you come up, the quickest you fall. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you come up you one day and yeah. like the next day you have no foundation behind you to follow up with another single or follow up with anything else. You know what I mean? Right. Like you were like a it's like a flash in the pan, you know what I mean? Right, right. Cause nobody's really um nobody's really listening to albums, um anymore it's like everybody got their playlist uh just you know grab the songs that they like or whatever and and um they just roll with that like i don't i think that um to me i just think that um with things i I like i like i like what you said about you know people having opportunities and everybody having an opportunity but I, i do miss um i do miss being able to to fall in love with an album you know like because like now it's like when you 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 hear something and you know you like it and then hear something else you know it's like you you don't really have as much time to really fall in love with with music anymore yeah i mean there's no time for anything whether it's music videos definitely not albums uh even songs that are like could be like the song of the summer and then after the summer, you never hear, heard from them again. Everybody's like a one-hit wonder at this point, basically. Like, you really have to... Before it was, you'd have to... Once you made it, then you're probably going to be able to stay in the industry maybe four to five years, and, you know, you'll be good to go. Now it's just getting past you, your, uh, your first single or whatever. If you can get past that, that's the new proving ground. You know, if you can stick around. Right. Because you just just think about how many out al- or not even albums, but how many singles and how many videos and everything else were released last year. Like how many of those people do you even remember? <laughs> right. Are, are you going to hear from next year? You know. So there's it's I guess it's kind of transitioned the um, survival of the fittest factor from actually getting in the industry to now actually to, like maintaining. Right. 
you know, I, I wanted to ask you too, from a um, a DJ's perspective, um, do you do you feel like DJs are really trying to 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 break artists anymore? Because you know, I remember I remember when um, DJs were were into to really you know trying to really find that that next new hot thing or whatever to be able to you know be the first to have that and be able to display it and put that out there or whatever do you think that 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 the the essence of that still exists or it's kind of like everybody's just kind of just going with the flow and and you know how is it how is it from your perspective like actually being a dj being on the other side how is it how is it to you I guess that's just the that, that's the gist of it all. What do you do you prefer the mix shows um over regular radio when working? Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely, man. Like I cannot there's no way in my life I can sit and listen to like just hip hop like midday radio just just playing like the same songs over and over and right. like I mean I mean that's me personally just cuz it's like the same thing if you were to work at fast food you probably hate this the taste of whatever restaurant french fries you work at you feel me like it's around it 24 7 I, when i when i leave i have to cleanse myself with like some soft rock or like anita baker or, or something like that you know what i mean that's right. what i listen to so no way could i and i love listening to mix shows because even though it is the same like hit songs or whatever even at the club or whatever i love listening to djs because i like to see how different djs do transitions and how they interpret 
you know, so it's right. kind of like an art form that each person does differently, and that's why I enjoy that, so definitely, make shows all, all day. Now, let's, um, let's, um, get into, how did you end up, how did you end up, um, linking up, well, I know you worked with, um, with, with Angela Yee, how was that experience? You worked with Yee so, before you went to Sway, right? Yeah, so when I started at Shade 45, um, Eminem's channel on Sirius XM, um, when that channel started, uh, which was 2004, and the first lineup, I, I worked for a morning, I've always worked for morning shows in radio. I was, I was at Hot 97 before that. Coming from there, I did the morning show as well. Um, the first lineup of the Shade 45 morning show was Cypher Sounds, um, who was on Hot 97, he went over there to, to host the morning show. And uh, then they brought on this, uh, this girl named Angela Yee, um, who was kind of like working for um, Shady Limited uh, Clothing, and she was also managing Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan and kind of like worked at Wu Wear. Um, so she really didn't have any radio experience, but mm -hmm. between Pfeiffer, myself, and our boss Reggie Hawkins, we kind of like showed her the ropes. Um, and she's one of the hardest workers I ever worked with, one of the greatest worst per radio personalities as of right now. I've, you know, everybody knows that she's on The Breakfast Club, so right. that was an amazing experience just seeing her from the very beginning. Cypher ended up uh, leaving Shade and went back to Hot 97, started hosting the Hot 97 morning show. So Angela took over his spot, um, and we worked together until 2010. Then she left and did uh, The Breakfast Club, started that with... DJ Envy, who worked at Sirius as well, and Hot 97, and uh, Charlemagne. So they all kind of like joined forces. Um, from there, then Sway came in in 2011, and they, I've been working with him since 2011. How was it working up there at uh, at Sway, man? Sway is is just like Sway is a genius, man, and and just genuine good people. Um, that's the vibe that I that I get from him, man. Like, how how was it working with Sway? Sway is like the best as a boss, as a mentor, as just like somebody that you could like sit back and watch to develop skills of your own. Um, you kind of like take it all in just by kind of being around him. He's not even doesn't even have to really say anything directly to you. If you really want to absorb like a professional, like you just sit there and watch, and it'll help you get better. So I've been able to like kind of just see techniques that he does every day and help improve my, my own uh, skills, whether it's be talking or interviewing or just DJing in general. His music selection is crazy. Um, but yeah, as like, as, uh, as somebody that I work for, it's a great environment. He's very um, caring. He's very like, he, he takes all sides in on whether it's news stories and everything else. He gives everybody a voice no matter what he personally personally believes, which takes a lot to do because most of us have our opinion and that's it. You know what I mean? Especially right. if it's your own radio show. You know, Most people don't care. It's like, this is my show. That's my name on it. I don't care what anybody else thinks. He, he cares about what everybody who works on that show, from me to Heather B or anybody to down to our intern that we have, he'll care about their opinion on things. So it's a great environment. I think that's why I've been there as long as I have, just because I probably couldn't do it with too many people it's it's tough i see those people at the radio more than i see definitely anybody in my family or any of my friends i feel like probably everybody that works with us we all like we're our our own family at this point right yeah that that definitely um at that point it it, it kind of doesn't really feel like a job you know when you're doing something that you really really love to do and um, you, you guys, you can just tell the whole aura of the show, man, that you guys just, you, you guys have fun while working. And um, I just think that it's amazing, man. I'm a big fan of the show as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, I always, that's what everybody says they're working towards is like um, where they can wake up and it doesn't feel like work. But I will tell you, if you have to report somewhere five days a week at a certain time, it does turn into a job you know what I mean like, yeah. still, I love my I love my job but it's still I, I still sometimes dread Mondays just like anybody else that that goes to a job and sometimes I envy people that are like going to office jobs or even like construction or something because you have a definitive
definitive thing that you're doing that day and you know what you're going to do, then you get off and you can go chill and do whatever you want. Like with this job, it's a, it's not a 24 seven job, but it's maybe a 20 hour a day job. Right. As I say, as I'm talking to you right now, um, I'm doing stuff for the morning show. I'm answering emails. I have to always be available. You're almost like a, like a surgeon on duty, basically. Like anything can happen at any given time. You have to, oh, we got to go get this interview somewhere. We have to go to a, an event and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I have to get something. Some Something happened in the news tonight, so I got to get audio prepared for that tomorrow or somebody's going to come at the last minute, blah, blah, blah. So you have to always be on guard and you, cannot, you don't really have a lot of free time for yourself. But it's still fun and it's still in the industry that I want to be a part of, you know, so it is, it is fun, but it's also definitely an intense, uh, job situation. Right. Did you have to, um, did you have to transition into, um, well, how did you make the transition from going to, from being like a regular guy, DJing, into actually transitioning into the industry, being around um, different people that you may have been fans of as far as artist-wise or any different people that's in the industry or whatever. Did you have to transition to kind of like um, not be starstruck or, or were you just like, it was like a commonality to you? Well, I think maybe if, if, it had, if I had gone from like Delaware to like straight, uh, up here, like, and in, in, been thrown into it, maybe I would have, like, fanned out, but I've never really been, like, a, like, taking pictures with people kind of person and all right. that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, I kind of, like, let people be and not try to bother anybody. Um, but, I mean, I remember in college going to, like, album signings, like Tribe Called Quest or, like, go see, like, Spike Lee uh, somewhere, you know, uh, I don't know, and, and uh, I, that was the only way you could meet people, honestly, is if you, had like an event or something like that so and just randomly see when you see even now if i see somebody on the street who's like quote-unquote famous or whatever you 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 still get that kind of like feeling of like oh wow look who it is right but uh, when you're working with these people it's way different um even like when i got my first internship at uh at hot 97 that's how i started as an intern and i ended up working there like the first day of like going to an interview, you might see like Funkmaster Flex, or you might see Mr. C, or Angie Martinez, any of these people that were working there at the time, and it was like, wow, okay, so this is the person who I hear all the time, or this right. on MTV. Um, you can, you got to play it cool, man. You can't like, even though it may, it may be exciting. And then that first couple of years, I got to pretty much meet everybody, all of my heroes, and uh, it was all pretty good experiences. Nobody was like disappointing or anything i got to meet james brown i got to see anita baker i got to meet bill cosby i got to meet all these people who are like uh who i looked to look up to growing up right and um it it, now it's kind of like i kind of almost want that feeling back again because now it's just like when i see somebody it's like all right they're about to about to do an interview we got to get this over with we got got somebody else coming up yeah i definitely feel that you know what i mean i can't i can't enjoy it the way i used to but you know, that's just what happens the, the more that you're around it. Wow. That's I, I definitely feel you on that. I can relate, man. I feel you. Best best experience for DJ Wonder and worst experience in the entertainment business for DJ Wonder. Hmm. Best experience is probably getting to travel and see people and DJ other places and when you DJ out, you get immediate gratification. It's different than the radio because radio, like, especially living in New York and doing satellite radio, you get no love because a lot of people don't, they listen to just like, a lot of people don't drive in this area for one. And another thing is people listen to like the local stations and stuff. So it it, it doesn't really matter. But when you go out of town, people who like listen to you every day, you like really impact their lives and everything else. Or at least that's what they tell you. It's it's really cool to to see that because you don't get that living here every day um and like i said just live djing is you get to see a crowd's reaction and i love that feeling um worst experience is i don't know man the toll that it takes on your body and my life i guess i've definitely taken years off my life um from not sleeping and just this lifestyle of 
constantly running around and, and worrying. When I first started, like I, even though I was like an intern or, or right after that, I became like a little assistant. I was in charge of like whether curse words would go over the radio, whether people would get fines or not. It was a big, wow. uh, it was a big, like, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Responsibility. There we go. <laughs> but it was a big responsibility for me at that time, and it like ate at me, man. Like it just was like, yo, every day going to work would be like, oh no, I hope I don't mess up, and it gives puts this fear inside of you. But eventually you get over it, but. It, it kind of like never goes away. You have to always be responsible for something. I mean, I guess it's like that in every industry. You're responsible, but it's kind of like uh, it, it messes with you, man. It messes with your body. It messes with everything else. Um, at other worst experiences, I don't know. I haven't really had any like bad interviews. I hope I don't. But um, I mean, everything has been cool. Even if I do, it's like it, it is what it is, man. Right. It's like keep it moving. Tomorrow's another day. It's fine. Um, and then the people in general on um, bad experiences. I mean, everybody's been cool with that, but I don't really hang out with a lot of like industry people or like go to like none of my friends are really like celebrities or anything. So I don't know, man. I, I, I hang out with the people who I, I like being around. Right. You know, that's about it. Makes sense. Favorite food. Favorite food is probably like ice cream now i don't even eat ice cream anymore the food i eat every day is some form of chicken and some form of salad so it could be a salad with chicken on top of it or it could be chicken salad sandwich <laughs> or it could be i don't know some kind of like lettuce and some kind of chicken that's what i eat every day of my life pretty much um i don't know if it's my favorite but it's just what i eat so that's about and a1 sauce is my favorite condiment if i had to pick one of those joints so wow. that's about it that what was your uh what was your feel on the uh on the Super Bowl, man? Uh I don't know. I mean I, I watched um the first half and then I watched the halftime show and then I, I was I was at a, a venue. I went, one of my friends was having a party there, so I went there and I just bounced after the halftime show cuz it was it was dragging on. I mean, I get it. Like you, you every game can't be, you know, amazing. Right. Actually, I enjoy like the defensive uh, strategy of each team. I thought that was cool. Yeah, last year I actually went to the Super Bowl, so nothing will compare to last year's Super Bowl ever for me. That was going to be the greatest Super Bowl ever. So um, everything's going to be kind of a letdown from that. But uh, I don't know. It just commercials are whack. They have to like come kind of abide by PC culture, I believe now. And you're not going to be able to do anything wild because companies don't want to take a hit, don't want to offend one one uh, group or another because somebody's always going to be offended and if they cause enough Twitter like a Twitter uh, mob against somebody then you lose <laughs> money and, and your, your marketing team is going to take the hit so nobody wants to do anything too outrageous so that's a wrap probably moving forward commercial wise um, and then for the game itself man I don't know like, we'll have to see what happens next year but it was cool you know what I mean I don't know Not, just, it just wasn't spectacular it wasn't. I don't know what people were looking for it wasn't, man. It, it just, it really was. It really, really wasn't, man. Um, halftime show was was pretty good. I mean, I'm a Maroon Fire guy. I mean, I, I, you know, I get it. You know, I just, um, I just, I, I've seen better. Put it to you yeah. like that. I've seen better halftime shows, and and I don't know, man. It's like it's kind of seemed like it was kind of thrown together a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, I guess there were kind of scrambling to throw things together after everybody's threatening to boycott and all this other stuff. So they had to play that safe as well and make yeah. sure that, you know, everybody's represented and blah, blah, blah. And nobody <laughs> gets offended with that either. And they had to throw in, like, civil rights epic. Yeah, um, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, civil rights leaders in the beginning of it and you had to make sure, you know, people, these people singing a national anthem, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was like it felt like it was pandering to the people that would protest the NFL. So even though they they said they wouldn't even be watching anyway, so right. I don't know why you're doing it, but it was like a you know they had to, to look good in the eyes of the media. So yeah, definitely I feel that about the thrown together thing. And you're billing that it's going to be a co performance by Travis Scott and Big Boy. And you know, like yeah, man, like really or, or less. So. <laughs> 
time to work with. I get it. And Maroon Five is who they put their money into from the very beginning. Yeah. By, you know, so they can't really go back on that. Nah. But yeah, it was a little sloppy. Uh, Summer Jam. Let's talk about that. Um, what's like the whole um, Summer Jam experience? Like, I, I've never been to one, but I've I've uh, planned on trying to make one, man. But it, it, it seems like it's just an amazing experience. Um, your take on Summer Jam? Hot 97 Summer Jam? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll give me tickets this year and I'll go. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. I feel like everybody and their mother gets tickets. Uh, but me, who actually works on the station sometimes, you know, I don't know. But um, it, it's cool. If you're a fan of current artists and current music, it's a great place to be. The bad part is it rains a lot of the time. Usually for like the last, I don't know how many years, it's rained every single time. Um, and I just don't really even go to concerts, especially I don't go to hip-hop concerts anymore. I go to, like, Huey Lewis and Lewis concerts or, like, Michael McDonald or, like, George Benson or right. something like that. You feel me? Like, that's the stuff I'm interested in seeing. Like, the people who are my peers or who I work with, like, I'm not really interested in watching them at a show. Gotcha. But I will say, when I first started going, I was uh, excited. This was the time when Nas and the Diplomats were, like, yeah. Opinion. Yeah. All kinds of Jay Z and Nas were beefing and stuff yeah. like that. So they were gonna put crazy stuff on stage and everything else. That was a wild time to work for Hot ninety seven. And it was uh it was exciting, you know. So maybe people will find ways to I li- I kinda like what they did, um, I think not this year but last year. It was like um they had done like the beat battle thing with that started online. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then they did it live on stage between Timberland and the Swiss Beats. That was um, dope. That was so dope. Stuff like that is is uh, is dope. Just they find new ways to um, reinvigorate the crowd and make them excited about going to a live show again. You know. Right. Animal status. Let's talk about that. All right. Let's talk about it. Animal status, <laughs> man. What what made you um, wanna to create that lane? So Animal Status is a um, it's a weekly show that I do on Shade 45. It's on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's a two-hour show. Um, and it's basically like underground, horrorcore, like, like just crazy stuff. It's like Halloween all year <laughs> round, basically, in the form of music. And what made me want that lane is like, that's the kind of stuff I was into or like listening to. Like, I just... I like weirdo hip-hop. I like to be able to play what I want. I always hope that I could have a radio show that I could actually do that. And this serious and uh, Shade 45, just, I, I've had that opportunity to do it with this show. So it's kind of like just my, my mind in radio form. Um, and then we recently started doing interviews as well. Uh, we did Casanova, The Dream. This week we have Blueface on there. Um, so we're starting to actually do more with artists as well before it was just a mixed show so animal status in general started as a dj crew between me and db who's also on sway in the morning and it was just like a you know just me and him djing places and animal status was like just us our co-work for when we would go out partying and stuff. We just went into animals that's where that's where the whole name came from right and from there kind of started a dj crew with that name and then transitioned from that into the radio show gave the radio show that name so that's where the name came from but yeah man that's that's my mind as a radio show you can find anybody wants to check any of the episodes out if you've never heard of it before it's uh djwonder.com slash uh mixes and then you can click on the animal status tab right there and all the episodes are there the the download links are in the uh comment section of each episode i love it man it's (laughs) It's dope. That's why I asked because I was just like, you know, you seem you seem happier on there when you you seem free when you're doing when you're doing the show. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, man. It, I mean, it's there's no restrictions really. I mean, so yeah, I am happy when I get to play that kind of stuff. It's fun. Like whatever you like, you could think of something like off the top of your head, or like think a song sounds like something else. Or hear like a sample from like Three Six Mafia that somebody used and then go into the Three Six Mafia song. So it's the possibilities are endless. Um, and it's, it gets overwhelming at times, but 
it's also very fun and it's it's a challenge and it's it's uh I love doing it for sure. Wow. What's um the 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 future the future for um DJ Wonder? What what what's the future plans? What can we expect? What can we look for? Um man, I don't know. I've never been able to give like what do you want to do in 5 years or where do you see yourself in 10 years or whatever. I have no idea. I just know that you know, I'm getting to the point where it's either got to happen whatever I whatever it, it is, quote unquote, or I'm going back to Delaware, man. I'm going to I'm gonna work at a boys and girls club or something. I don't know. Just be a normal person. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, like, like this year, I'm doing a lot more um, uh, on-screen work. I guess I'm trying to do more, be more interactive with my Instagram and social media and stuff, so people can kind of see like what I do on a daily basis. Because I don't think it's interesting, but maybe other people do. And people like to see different artists and the kind of people that we interact with on a daily basis. Um, so I'm trying to show more of that. Definitely trying to do more music production. And that's kind of like, if I had to pick something of where the trajectory of my career will go, it'd be more towards the production aspect. Cause I, that's kind of how I got in even before DJing. I always liked beats and right. wishing I could make beats. And I wishing that I wish there was computer programs back there when I was a kid that I could have made beats on. Um, you know what I mean? So now that, and anybody can make beats and kids are coming up and learning everything by the age of like 15, 16 years old. There's a lot more people to compete with, but I kind of feel like I have a different take on things and different ideas about how things should sound. So I've been doing more production and definitely you're going to see more of that this year from me. And then we'll see where that goes from there. But that's what I'm focusing on right now. That's dope, man. If, um, if anybody... Um, an inspiring artist, uh, anybody wanted to get DJ Wonder um, some of their music for review or or to um, try to get it played on your show, what's the, uh, what's the way of doing that? What's the best possible way for the listeners um, to do that? Uh, the best possible scenario is if you show up at Sirius and you bring two Dominican women with you and you give them <laughs> and the and the music. <laughs> Outside of that is um, I, I listen to pretty much everything that people send me, um, but uh, like I'll discover things as well. The things that stand out the most to me are like people that use samples from songs that I enjoy I'll listen to that stuff or like crazy stuff like stuff from TV shows or, or if you're making like psycho like horror based kind of music I'll find you because that's what I always use for my radio show so that those are the things that I actually actively go out and find but I do listen to everything people send me like maybe not so much on like Twitter or Instagram but um, if you're sending stuff up to the station swaygettingthegame at gmail.com is where people send their um music for our get in the game segment which is new artist segment we do once a week that's way get in the game at gmail.com but don't send any bs up there because you'll not get on um and you have to send two songs a bio and like a, a way to reach you whether it's a cell phone number or whatever that's what we do every week i find a lot of artists do that as well and then also people who are um do our our fire friday cypher on sway in the morning i I get a lot of their music from people that come up there who I may never have heard of before. But most of these people are people that are making a buzz in their own market or in their own area. You know what I mean? And right. that's how you really get on. You gotta. That's the thing, man. Nobody is really just discovered, like decides they want to be a rapper and somebody takes them to the big city and makes them a star. It just doesn't happen anymore. You have to become your own star. You have to become your own marketer. You have to become your own A&R. You have to do everything yourself up until a point. And then people will find you and then take over and groom you into who you really are going to be uh, in the industry. But until that point, you've got to like do it for yourself. And there's so many options for you to be able to do that now. There's no reason why you shouldn't if you're a creative person. Um, and if you're you know, not expecting everybody to do everything for you. And it's a lot, it's, it's liberating to be your own artist. It's like you have no restrictions, like we talked about. You can do whatever you want if you have no label telling you you can't use that sample or, you know, you have to do a song with this artist or you have to do a pop song to appeal to this, blah, blah, blah. Just become popular on your own and then they have no reason 
for them to tell you what you have to do. You have proof that you're uh, successful on your own. Man, uh, you know what's crazy? You just um, answered my next question that I wanted to ask you. I, I always ask my guests to um, to give some advice or drop some jewels for anybody that was um, thinking about getting into the entertainment business or wanting to be a DJ or an artist or anything in this entertainment business or whatever. Um, and you pretty much summed that up, man. That that was that was that was nice. I mean, we, I could talk about that was more so for like uh, rappers or entertainers, whatever. But as for DJing, anybody that's looking to get on, what I, you have to pick kind of uh, what your goal is. Are you do you want to be on the radio? I mean, you could do everything. Do you want to be a producer? Do you want to do clubs, whatever? But you, you know, you got to kind of pick your lane and decide what you want to focus on. Everything kind of comes after that. If you master one of those arts, everything else will, will come. Um, so basically, like, for, like, festivals and everything else, electronic music and everything else, people become producers first now. You learn how to make music and how to do your own songs. And that's probably commercially most viable for you if you want to have a career like that. You want to be an artist yourself. You want to be out in front. Make your own music. That's the only way people are going to book you. It's things I'm learning even now. Like, you, nobody cares if you're just a good DJ on, on certain levels. You know, it doesn't really yeah. matter because anybody can be a decent DJ now and the audience won't know any different. Um, they'll know when they hear, like, a great DJ, they'll be like, oh, wow, this is what I was missing. But most people don't really hear great DJs or they don't really care. Or they go out and get drunk and it doesn't really matter as long as they're playing songs that they like. So right. for you to stand out, you got to make your own music. If you want to get on the radio, start doing your own podcast or start doing your own mixes um, and put them out there and make yourself a force in your area. Make You know what I mean? Make people want to hear you. And then once you have a name, same thing as rapping, then start submitting your mixes to your local radio station. Or the, the biggest thing also that I see people getting on now with is being a DJ for an artist. So if you have an up-and-coming artist that has a little buzz, offer to be their DJ, go on tour with them, those are the people who are really getting all the slots now as artist DJs. And then wow. they become producers, and then they play clubs. So master one of those those things, and then you'll get everything else. That's what I would say to anybody trying to come up right now. Wow, man. You guys, you guys heard it. You guys heard it from from one of the greatest in the game, man. Um, man, it's 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 definitely a different a different game, and like you say, you definitely have to. Uh, you got to do everything, man. You, you you have to do everything. You have to be able to to do everything, and there's so many different um, free uh, platforms out there for people. So really, nobody really has an excuse to not do anything right now. opportunity some people might not be able to reel it in like you have to be focused and that's what i would suggest everybody just get focused man and get master your art whatever your art is master it and then you'll be able to put it out to the world easily much more easily than it has been in the past so you have no excuse wonder man you uh you're definitely gonna have to come back on the show you're gonna have to come oh. back on the show, man. Next time, you, next time you gotta cook for me, man, or something. I need. I'm, I'm hungry over there. I've been doing this interview. What are we doing? Look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna hook you up, bro. I'm definitely gonna All hook right. you up, man. I, um, I wanna, uh, anything that that you possibly may need, um, promoted or whatever you have going on or whatever, man. Keep me in mind. And definitely swing through, and uh, we definitely will promote and push it like crazy and, and do whatever we can, my brother. Definitely a huge fan of yours. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Anybody that even knows who I am, it's like it still blows my mind. People that tell me they listen to the show, it's crazy to me because I feel like I'm talking to myself a lot of times. So. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I, and I definitely appreciate being on here for sure. Man, absolutely, man. You, you, like I say, you, you, 
you know, sometimes you, you got to step outside, out, step outside yourself, wonder, and just look, and you'll see how big you really, really are, man. You you make a major impact on a lot of people's lives, man. I just want you to know that, brother, from an outside view, looking in, um, you, you're pretty big, bro. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. And that does mean a lot. Yeah, because we're all, you know, I'm sure yourself, everybody who's trying to do something, like you're always looking at the next. We're, we're all, any successful person is insatiable. They'll never be satisfied with where they're at. And that's kind of like what it is. You got to always constantly look at what's next, what's next, what's next. But it is good to like uh, step back sometimes and see where you've come from. And it's cool when I do uh, stuff like this and I talk about kind of like the past. And it's interesting, man, just to see how far everybody has come. So Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. Can you do me a big favor, man? Can you tell sure. can you tell Sway and Heather B that Kano the Don, I'm definitely coming after them to get on my show. Stop avoiding my messages. <laughs> All right. Tell Sway I'm, I'm gonna pull that hat off his head, man, when I see him, man. <laughs> I'll let them know but listen you know how many people hit them up every day I'm sure they're not avoiding it sometimes they, it's just so much stuff that they have to filter through every day but now you have the inside track I'll hit them up for oh, sure. most def most definitely and and uh, look I, I was definitely joking about that I know they DMs and stuff before I'm going through them I'm gonna get to them a whole nother way man but all of the legends and greats, um, I'm definitely, I'm after them. I'm hunting them down, man. I'm hunting them down. I already got you already. I, I snatched you up. I got you. So it's possible, brother. But we're going to be connected, yep. though. I got you now, man. So we um we locked in. I, I appreciate you reposting that for me, man. That's mad love. I appreciate that. And like I said again, um, you definitely got to come on the show again anytime you want to. Anytime you got something promoted, man. Just get at me and let me know, and I'm going to push that stuff out there for you, my brother. Thank you again. Yep, you got it, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don and my special guest, the great DJ Wonder. We out. Yes, sir, my brother. <laughs>